0: is me, so I'm so sorry. But open up your Bible and you've got the Word to look at as well. So, Proverbs chapter 22, we're going to read from that here in just a few minutes. But I wanted to I wanted to let you know I found a few things, and this will be a little bit of a different message than what we're used to this morning. Um, wow, well, when you hear that, it kind of, I don't know, when I hear something like that, it makes me want to listen and pay attention and see if I if the pastor is really telling the truth or if he's just trying to get you to listen but i know you guys are really good to listen and i appreciate your attention every time we're together but i found something that i thought was really interesting and somebody at some point and i did check this out and it has changed since this illustration has been written but when this illustration was written someone had noticed that father the word father appears in the dictionary right before the word fatigued and right after the word fathead. So to all of us fatigued and fathead fathers, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. (laughs) Okay, so being a father, uh, that's kind of our focus a little bit this morning. But I want you to know that anything we talk about today is going to be applicable to anybody whether you're a father, a mother, a child, whoever you are, whatever point in life you are at, this is going to be helpful to all of us. But I'm going to say a few things that may seem like they're directed towards fathers, and and they are. And one of the things is how sometimes as fathers, we feel like that we have a good relationship with our kids and that we can understand each other. We sometimes like to think, I think mistakenly, that we speak the same language. But I don't know that we always do, and I'm gonna give you a few examples and see if you agree with me. Like sometimes we hear our kids say things like, "Um, I didn't do it, and the translation to that is this. It has not been conclusively proven beyond any doubt that I did do that. Okay, so sometimes we hear things like, Joey Smith is such a no-good rotten liar. And usually what that translates into is expect a call from Joey's parents. There's a whole list of these. I'm trying to grab the best ones. Mom said it was okay. Has anybody ever, as fathers, has anybody ever heard that? Mom said it was okay. And what that translates into is I'm going to ask mom as soon as you say it's Okay. Um, Dad, can I have a dog? That usually means that your child wants a dog. No big surprise there. But if your kid says, Dad, can I have a boa constrictor? Usually the translation for that is that your child wants a dog, but figures asking for something awful will put him in a better bargaining position to get a dog. So you know how it works. You know, we, we like to think we have a good, you know, we have a good dialect. We, we, we converse very well together. But I don't know how many times I've heard Nicholas say things and I just, I just didn't know what to say back or I didn't understand what he, was, what he was talking about. But I think we can all testify to the fact that sometimes they do speak a different, a different language than we do. And, and that's one of the reasons why it is difficult. And challenging for us to be fathers and mothers and to bring up children in this society. And today I, wanna, I want to speak to the men who are here. And once again, everyone really, but specifically to the men and to address some things that we can do to become better parents. And there is this wonderful wise saying in the book of Proverbs that we're going to start off with today. And it comes from Proverbs chapter 22, verse number six. And this is what it says. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Many many sermons many have been preached. Many statements have been made concerning this particular wise saying in Proverbs. I'm gonna say this before we go on. I believe that, that we love our kids. I think we love our children. And we wanna treat them well. And we try to treat them well. Yet sometimes, despite that, they seem to, listen, listen, they seem to turn away from us. And we may think, well, that's just a normal thing because they reach a certain age, they've gotta be independent. They, but, but I'm talking about when they turn away from us. And I think you know what I mean by that. When there doesn't seem to be a relationship anymore. And the things that we have tried to tell them and try to tell them now, they just don't seem to want to listen to. And they, they turn away from us. And sometimes they go down roads that we don't understand. And sometimes they'll go down roads that we don't approve of. Yet in the end, in the scripture that I just read to you, I think what it tries to tell us is that if our, if our hearts are open and if the foundation is well laid, and that's so important, if the foundation is well laid, then we'll see them return to us, much like the prodigal son did in the story of the prodigal son. This seems to be the way things go. If the door is open, they will normally pass through it and that's encouragement from the word of god but there are some things that need to be in place for that to actually happen for that to be true and here's what i'm convinced of i'm convinced that part of the problem is not that we have difficult children and it's not that they speak a different language than we do although this both of these can often be true i'm convinced that a part of the problem or a portion of the problem Is that we as parents do not know the way that our children should go. And I'm not saying career path. I'm not saying uh, who to marry, who not to marry. I'm speaking in in terms of what the Bible says. Uh, Train up a child. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, how should they go? How should our children go? And more importantly, I think that we often fail as parents because we're not going that way either. That's, that's a challenging thought because I think that a lot of times in our exasperation, we feel like we've done everything that we could do, but upon closer inspection, and I'm speaking of myself because I know me better than anybody, I see, I see things that I have done wrong. And I see mistakes that I have made. And I see, I just made the conversation or the the comment yesterday in conversation with Sandy. If I could go back, there's so many things that I would do differently than I did. I wish that I could go back and I wish I could change some things. And because of our not knowing the way, our children become angry. They become angry. They become distant. They become alienated from us. They become alienated from God. So what is the way? What is the way that our children should go? Men, fathers, we as, as Christian men, if we are children of God, and that's the first, you know, that's got, that criteria has got to be met. If you're a child of God, then these are going to be for you. If you're not a child of God, you can't understand these things and fathom these things. These things are not going to be important to you. But if you are a child of God, then we are under the Lordship of Christ and we should live godly lives. That's what we should do. We should keep promises. We should keep promises concerning our relationships to the Lord. We should keep promises concerning our relationships with our children. We should keep promises concerning our relationships with other people And we must be mature in our faith. We need to be growing in our faith. Are we the same person we were if we got saved when we were 10? If we gave our hearts and lives to Christ at 10 years old, are we still that 10-year-old Christian? Or have we grown? Have we matured? Have we tried to learn and listen and apply and grow in the Lord? Have we tried to do that? To be mature in our faith. Have we accepted the mantle and the responsibility of the spiritual head of the family, as Scripture says? We've got to be all of these things, and we need to commit ourselves to building strong biblical marriages. Strong biblical marriages. And to support the mission of Christ with our time and with our talents and with our prayers. And as men of God, we must also devote ourselves to demonstrating the love of Christ to our families and beyond that to the community. Boy, William, you sure are heaping a whole lot on us. But we, we tend to forget that at the moment of salvation, Scripture tells us that we are given everything that we need for life and godliness So these things are not a big deal when you consider the power that is within you to be able to do these things. It's just our choice. You know, are we choosing to accept these? Are we choosing to believe these? Are we choosing to believe the word of God? Are we choosing to believe that what he is telling us is true? Now listen to what our scripture from Luke chapter six, verse 36 tells us this morning. It says, be merciful even as your Father is merciful. If we've got the Holy Spirit living within us, then we have everything we need to be merciful to our families, to our children, to people in the community. It tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, that we're supposed to forgive one another. Just like the Heavenly Father has forgiven us, we should forgive one another. So we need to be merciful. We need to be forgiving. We need to accept the responsibility of the spiritual head of the family. And we'll do all this not in our own strength, hallelujah, praise the Lord, but in his strength because his strength is perfect. And it all fits together and it all works together just like he intended. And it is possible. And you know what the result's gonna be if we allow these things to happen in our lives, men, women, children? This is what's gonna happen Our lives will be renewed. Our families will be renewed. Our churches will be be renewed. Our communities will be renewed. And as Robert prayed in his prayer at the onset of the service today, our world, our country, our world can be renewed. And I'm going to tell you, living this kind of life is working. It It is happening because there are successful marriages. And it is working because there are successful families and parents and children are getting together and things are working. It's kind of like when you are a teenager and as a teenager, you feel like, you feel like everybody's doing something. Everybody's doing this one thing. So you need to do it too, because if you don't do it, then you're not going to be like everybody else. And then you got older and you started looking at statistics and you begin to realize that it was only a small majority, a small portion, not majority, but a small portion of the people that were doing this thing that you thought everybody was doing. And so you had believed a lie. You had been fed a lie. But there are families out there that are working and there are marriages out there that are working. And it works because, I'll tell you, it works because, first of all, it involves putting all of you and your family and your relationship into the hands of God. Putting them into his hands. And secondly, you need to realize that they're in your hands as well. And what really makes it work is when you connect your hands with the Father's hands and incredible things can happen in your life as a parent In your family, in your marriage, incredible things can happen. Lives can be changed. Lives can be improved. Families can be healed. So nothing new here. If we lead godly lives, then the odds are if we live, if we lead godly lives, the odds are that our children will do the same. Now, there are certainly examples where this hasn't happened, where things did not turn out as we had hoped. But still, you don't fail to lay the foundation and to train them up. Because it is quite simply our responsibility. When I made the decision to be a father, it was never put into question whether or not the child would be kept or not. I don't know why I felt led to say that, but there it is. We wanted children. And when I made the decision to be a father, at that time, I did not fully understand. All the dirty diapers, all the screams, all the bottles, all the here you hold him for a while, I need to do this. I never will forget the time. Is is this being recorded? It is. Should I say this? I never will forget the time. Okay, I'm just going to say it. You know, you know the booger snatcher? I never will forget the time I thought and he had a little, he had a little uh, in his throat. Okay, we washed that thing. It was clean, let me tell you. If Sandy made sure that things were clean, she still does. Whenever we eat, she just all she has to do is look at my hands, and I know what I need to do. I need to wash my hands. And if 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 I'm too lazy to get up and go to the bathroom, she goes, I got you. And she reaches in her purse and she's got this thing in her pocketbook and she can spray the hound out of my hands and I can clean him right up. But I never will forget when I took that little booger snatcher and I thought, I'm just going to suck up that mucus or whatever it is right there just because it's just right there. It sounds like it. I'm just going to reach right down. In the- what idiot thinks that that's a good idea. And so... So I think I had Sandy on the phone. She was at work. I was at home with Nick, and I had him like this. And I thought I was going to just get in there and get that. And all of a sudden, everything that he had just eaten came out like a like a waterfall. And you know I don't handle things that come out of your body very well. And I think I just I think she probably thought that she needed to come home and take care of me because it just tore me up. And then I, that's one of those things where I thought I've ruined my child. My child will never trust me because he saw me stick that down his throat like it was a good idea. But anyway, so, uh, so but, but you know, families are working and marriages are working because people are trusting the Lord to take care of things. These things are not really under our control. We are, we are players in, in a role that God has given us and we're trusting him in that role to take care of us, to lead us, to guide us, to show us what we need to do, to show us what we don't need to do. He, sh- he allows us, when we make mistakes, to learn from that and not to make those same mistakes again or similar mistakes. And that helps us to mature in our faith as we couple that with the word of God, which gives us, the, gives us what we need every day to live in this world. So I want to read, read from Ephesians Um, where Paul shares the word that he received from the Lord concerning children and parents, okay? And this is going to come from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That's just a truth. Children don't always want to obey parents. But we have to teach them in love that God expects that of them, and so do we. And so, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy mother and father, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. So, there is a benefit to obeying our parents. Then he writes, And ye fathers, provoke not your children. And here we go provoke not your children to wrath. In other words, don't exasperate your children, but bring them up in the nurture an admonition of the Lord. Oh, the times that as parents, we have said, I just don't know what to do with my kids. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. What, what do I need to do to be a better parent? Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. What does that even mean? Well, you, 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 you pray about it. You ask the Lord for help. You talk to different people that are people of faith. How are you making it work as a parent? You read your Bible. The Holy Spirit works within you to help you understand. When you've been impatient in the past, you begin to see how important patience is. When you have been discouraging in the past, you begin to see how important it is to be an encouragement and lift our kids up. These are truly inspired words, and I know they're inspired by the Holy Spirit, God inspired these men to write these words, but if there could be an inspiration apart from that, they're, they're inspiring on their own. These are inspired words for parents who don't know what to do, that do not know the way. We're not supposed to provoke our kids. We're not supposed to exasperate our kids. We're not supposed to break promises that we make to our kids. We're not supposed to neglect our kids. We're not supposed to mindlessly cave in to every whim or everything that they want so that they lose all respect for us. Instead, we bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. And I think the result of that will be something, and I speak to our fathers that I read, and this is so profound. It's been said that a boy loves his mother, but he will follow his father. Think about that. What good news in the face of all the junk and all the lies that we're hearing in society today. (laughs) But we have a responsibility as fathers and it's not easy and parenting is not easy. It's not easy to be a father It's not easy to be a mother. It's not easy to be a stepfather. It's not easy to be a stepmother. It's not easy to be a grandmother. It's not easy to be a grandfather. It's not easy to be a guardian. But that child is counting on you to protect them, to take care of them. And God wants us to raise them up in the instruction and the training of the Lord. And I tell you what, being a mother, a father, a grandmother, a grandfather, all those things has incredible challenges and there are incredible pains involved as well. But how about the joys of being a father, of being a mother? And I don't know, but from my, my standpoint, my viewpoint, it seems like being a grandparent is even better than that. And we all know why, right? Because you can spoil them and then send them home. Is that how that works? Well, I got something to say about that too, Gil. but that's another message. No, i just kid. So it's great, great to be a parent, and it is a blessing that God has given to us, and he has given us an example. He has given us himself the example of a heavenly father that loves us, truly loves us. He loves his children. And as fathers, we should portray that kind of love to our kids as well. He is our example. He loves his children. But he is also quick to encourage his children. How many times have I been discouraged? And I remembered a promise from the Lord and I remembered salvation and what it it means and what my future is because of what Christ has done. And I'm encouraged when life bears down hard and burdens and troubles and difficulties pile up on top of us i'm encouraged in the lord he encourages me because of what he has said of who he says i am and what he has said he has done for me and what my future holds and the promises that i have to look forward to and here's something else you know we need to be encouraging fathers we need to be encouraging fathers And as fathers of more than one child or just fathers of one child, we need to realize that every child is different. And I believe that with encouragement, every child will do well. I do do well when my father encourages me, my heavenly father. I did well when my earthly father encouraged me. Now I may or he may have wanted me to do well in certain areas, but I didn't, but he encouraged me and I did well in other areas because every child is different and not every child is going to be a straight A student, but that makes them no less, no less of a blessing and no less important than the ones that are. Not every child is going to be a great speaker or a great teacher or a mechanic or good with things in the yard or with this, or with that, but all children are different. And so we encourage our children, and they will do well. Encourage them in the Lord, and they will do very, very well. And do like we said earlier, be merciful, even as your Father in heaven is merciful. I read a story I want to share with you. It's a story about uh, a father who was a pastor and he had a child that had become ill. And so he took his child to have some tests done. They did a series of tests and the father was told that his son had a terminal illness. And so the young child knew Jesus Christ as his savior. Okay, I could stop right here and we could celebrate. Because in light of a terminal illness, if you know Jesus as your savior, your future is secure, right? Does everybody understand that? Your future is secure, so if death comes, it will be sad but there's reason to celebrate. If the child had not been raised, if the child had not been raised in the instruction in the ways of the Lord, that it would be doubly sad and depressing. But he, he knew the Lord as his Savior. So what the father knew, what the father who was a pastor knew, is that death would usher his son into the arms of his Savior. Amen to that. But here's the thing, he didn't know how to tell his son. He didn't know what to say. Didn't know how to explain it to him. How do you tell somebody who is in the, you know, the bloom of youth, how do you tell them that they're going to die? And so he prayed and he sought direction from the Holy Spirit. And I think he did that because his father raised him in the way that he should go. And so the way that he needed to go here was to the father and pray and ask for help. How do I tell my kid that he's going to die? And so he went with a, with a heavy heart to his son's bedside and he read scripture and they had a time of prayer. And then he gently told his son that the doctors could only promise him that he would live just a few days more. And so he asked his son, are you afraid to meet Jesus? And the boy said, with a blinking away a few tears, he said, no, nope. not if he's like you, dad. That's the kind of dad we want to be. We want to be the image of Christ to our children. And I know that, and I look back at my life, and I know too that I have not always been the image of Christ to my son, but I will do all I can with his strength to make sure that from here on out, that that's what he sees. Because he needs that. And I also know that I have laid a foundation in his life. And I also know that because he was a part of this church and he was under the teaching of some of you, that you helped with that. You came alongside of me and helped with that. And I thank you. I've seen that demonstrated already today. Someone came up to a a teacher of young people and said, thank you for what you do for our kids. Because there are kids without fathers. There are kids with absent fathers. There are kids with delinquent fathers. And you know what? They need to know that yes, sadly that happens, but you have a heavenly father that loves you and he will always be present and he will always be there to help you. And that's raising them in the instruction and the training of the Lord. Teaching him the way that he should go. I'm going to have to jump on ahead. I've got so many wonderful things that I'm going to save for other sermons. Uh, so come back and you'll hear them. But I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 4. Um, I think, I'm sorry, Ephesians, yes, uh, beginning with verse number 3. And this is how we become the man that God wants us to be. This is kind of where I wanted to get today. Listen to these words as I read them. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. In Christ, we have all of these spiritual blessings. wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. He is not a, I'm not going to tell you until you're worthy to hear it. He wants you to know the truth that sets you free. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times so he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also he hath attained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation in whom also after that ye believed. Ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. Calling close attention to hearing the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and believing on that, and then being sealed by the Holy Spirit. So hearing the truth, hearing the gospel and believing the gospel and then being sealed by the Holy Spirit. So if you have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God sent his son to die on the cross to pay for your sin, and yes, your sin and mine, and we do sin and we sin every day. And there's nothing that you can do to make it better or fix it or change it or pay for it or any of that stuff But he sent his son to die on a cross to pay for our sins so that we could be forgiven and so that a way could be made for us to be reconciled to the Father. So that if we believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, then we can be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell, saved from the grave, saved from having to pay for our own sins. Saved from hell. And if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done, the completed work that he did at the cross, then we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And that seal cannot be broken. And it cannot, there's nothing that can take us from his righteous right hand. So that little child in that hospital bed that heard his daddy say, you're gonna die, he knew because he had heard the truth of the word of God and he had accepted it for himself accepted Christ for himself, he knew in the way that only a child can that he was going to be okay and that he was going to go to heaven because he had been raised up. He had been trained in the right way. He had been sent the right way. Fathers, are we doing that with our kids? And if not, let's begin today. Why not start today? We always think I've gone too far. I've made too many mistakes. I say you're breathing. It's not too late. You say, but you know, I've destroyed my family. I've destroyed everything that we had by my choices. I've done this and I've done that. There is nothing and there is no one that God will not forgive and that God will not save. And He will help you. He is the help that you need. He's the only help you've got. And there is always hope that things can get better. He's all about hope. He's all about encouragement. He's all about Life, So you trust in him and you don't say it's too late. And again, I say, because you're breathing. Keep breathing, keep trusting. Things are not always going to be perfect and things are not always going to go the way that you hope that they do. But you got somebody who's going through it with you and giving you the strength to take the next step and do the next thing. And in, in the middle of all that, he's reminding you who you are in Christ. And that's the encouragement that the Father who loves you gives you. This is what he says, a child of God, a man of God, a father after God's own heart. This is, these are words that describe you and us. Blessed, chosen, holy, blameless, predestined, adopted, loved, redeemed, forgiven, sealed, The list goes on and on and on. Yes, that is you in Christ Jesus. That's for the women too. And that's for the children too. If you've given your life to Christ, those are things that describe you. And that's how you know that you are the man that God wants you to be when you believe and accept those things for yourself and you trust him for every step that you take. Every move that you make as the song goes. I'm going to finish with this scripture. Listen to this from Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four and nine. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. But I call special attention to the fact that these will be in your heart and teach them diligently unto your children. And it's, it's, you've got to be active in doing that. He uses words like talk and sit and walk and lie and rise. And what that means is you and I as fathers take advantage of every moment that presents itself to teach our children of the truths of the Word of God. Bring God into it. Bring God into the conversation. I guarantee you that at some point there will be the rolling of eyes. Oh, here comes, here comes the Scripture again. Thank God here comes the Scripture again. Because the alternative is the, the knowledge and the wisdom of the world. And look where that's gotten us. But the wisdom and knowledge and truth of the Word of God has never failed us and it never will. And it's time we start speaking about it and talking about it and sharing about it. Most especially especially to our kids, especially to our children, especially to our families. But, but I make so many mistakes. How can I teach these things and yet I'm still making errors and I'm still making mistakes? You will make mistakes until the day you die and until we're in heaven and there are no more mistakes and there are no more sins, and there are no more temptations. You're going to mess up. But you know what your kids need to see is you being real with them and telling them, I'm so sorry I lost my temper. I never intended to do that. And I knew God was telling me when I did it not to do it. But I did it anyway. And what you saw in me, I want you to know, I don't want you to have to go through that. Because it is really tearing me up right now. Can you forgive me? Asking your kids to forgive you takes a big man. If it it strokes your ego to hear that, it takes a big man to apologize. To be able to say I'm not perfect, but we're doing this thing together and I'm committed because I'm supposed to train you up in the way you're supposed to go. And when you get old enough and you leave my house and you start your own family, I'm going to continue to share with you the things that I'm learning in the Word of God that have helped me that will help you because we're family and God has put us together. And yet we've had some rough years and I've missed some things in your, in your life. And when you were struggling, sometimes I wasn't there and I didn't understand and I wasn't an encouragement to you. And when you were being challenged by your studies, I didn't sit down with you and try to help you understand. And when you were going through this and you were going through that, sometimes I wasn't there and I'm sorry for that. But I tell you, I'm committed from this day forward to be there. You know, we've got each other. God put us together for a reason. And if there, is, if there are problems, if there is separation, if there is difficulty, if there's trouble within the family, within the relationship, remember, put that into God's hands. And then you guys hold hands together, you and the Lord. And the wonderful things are going to happen. Great things can happen. God can do things that you can't do. Praise the Lord for that, amen? So you want to be the man that God wants you to be? You want to be the the mother that God wants you to be? You want to be the child of God that God wants you to be? Well, you can be. You have everything you need as a child of God. But you have to begin by being a child. If you're not a child then woe is, woe, is, woe be unto you because you don't have what you need to make it. And you're going to try everything and it's not going to work. And I can tell you right now, you're going to fail and you're going to try and it's going to be a big mess. But if you will be as a child and if you will come to the Lord as a child and you'll say, Lord, I have fought this all my life. I have said I don't believe in you. I have said I don't need you, but I know that I do. I believe what your word says. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on a cross to pay for my sins. I need you. I need your hope. I need your love. I need your encouragement. I need your forgiveness. I need you and I want you in my life. And you know what his answer will be? Okay, here I am. Because everybody in here wants their father to love them. Everybody wants their their earthly father to love them. And we want our heavenly father to love us. And out of the two, I can tell you for sure that your heavenly father loves you. He always has and he always will. He has known you from before you were born. He has known every good and bad thing that you would do. And still yet, if you're lost, he is offering salvation to you. You're gonna take it You're going to take it? Are you going to take it? I'm going to tell you, you need it. You need it. Take it. Bow your heads. And if you will, please stand. We're going to finish up here.